What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Antler and Feather Co. podcast, the podcast for new and adult onset hunters. Season two, episode four, and we are rolling right along. My name's Vince. I'm going to be your host, and I am a newer, inexperienced hunter who brings people on the show who know a whole hell of a lot more about hunting than I do. And as I ask them questions and I start learning new things, I just want to pass that info right along to you guys. So before we get going too far in, I want to tell you about a couple of the friends of the show. First and foremost, Buzzard Roost Saddles. They are the most comfortable, most adjustable saddles on the market. I promise I've been sitting in mine for a while. It blows away every saddle that I have sat in previously. They're made in America. Um, they support military, law enforcement. Uh, they're just a great company. So if you want to check them out, get one for yourself. Use code AAFP10, all caps, on their website. That'll get you 10% off your very own Buzzard Roost saddle. Secondly, Our Grounds Coffee Co., our Grounds Coffee Co. is the official coffee of the Antler and Feather Co. podcast, and it's what keeps me going all day long. I got small kids. I got a lot of stuff to do. I need caffeine, and that's where I get it. If you're into dark roast coffee, you can get yourself Muley Mayhem, and if you're into more medium roast, then they've got Roastevelt. It is very, very, very good coffee. I highly recommend it, and I drink it every single day. And you know, I don't bullshit you guys. If you guys want to try it out for yourself, use code, all caps, AFCO on their website. That'll get you 15% off of your coffee order. And finally, good old Spartan Forge. Um, Spartan Forge is kicking ass in every single way. It's the best mapping deer movement prediction app. Um, it's even, I mean, it's beyond that now. He's got so many cool things going on with it with terrain shading, being able to raise the terrain so you can actually see it, like what it should actually look like. Um, if you do a lot of e-scouting, it's an invaluable tool. You're not going to find anything better. Like I said last week, no, no shade to the other guys, but you should be out in the field using your app, not in your car watching on your screen. So I'll leave it at that. You guys can try it out for free. And when you want to go and get a full subscription, you can use all caps AFCO on their website, and that'll get you 20% off your Spartan Forge subscription. All right. So this week, generally we talk about hunting. Um, hunting related things and this week's going to be no different but we're going to go a little bit further than that um, our guest this week is a research scientist um, he focuses on biochem and molecular genetics specializing in skeletal muscle that's a lot and that's a lot smarter than i am but he began hunting about five years ago and has not looked back since so at least we can all kind of relate to that i'm sure um, he's put together a pretty cool modernized almanac. It's gonna, it tells you not just the what, when, where, how, why of the hunting game in terms of what you can hunt in your area, what the seasons are, things like that. But it also tells you what food can be foraged in your area, um, what you can plant in a garden, when to plant it, all that type of stuff. Um, it, it's truly like a one-stop shop for all the information you need. Uh, to be outdoors and live a more self-sustaining lifestyle. So you can find him on Instagram at my season report. So please help me welcome to the show, Chris Chain from season report. Chris, how are we doing today, man? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good, man. How has your hunting season been? I know we're all kind of looking at the end right now. I think everyone, if you've still got a tag, you're probably in that like doom and gloom state. If you tagged out early, you don't care, but <laughs> how's your season gone? You still got tags you're chasing or what? Uh, I've gone past, um, I've gone past doom and gloom. Oh no. I'm fully into like acceptance <laughs> and, uh, I'm on the other, other side of despair. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, a very chaotic season for, for me. I mean, I say all that I, t I took to acceptance pretty quick just because 
I welcomed a second daughter into the world. Oh, there the you go. Congratulations. Of, thank you so much. And uh, opening weekend of both seasons. So, you know, I, the only realistic time I had this year was going to be those first few weeks. She yeah. came a little bit early. Uh, and so I was, I'm just fortunate enough to have been out a few times when yeah. family can help uh, align all the stars and, and give me the time. But I did not get a deer this year. And so this will be the first time since I took up hunting that I haven't got a deer, which is kind of weird. But it's also, personally, I'm just viewing it as an opportunity to step back and uh, assess this thing that I've been really into for five years. And it's good to do that every once in a while because you you realize, oh, I genuinely enjoy this. And it's not about, you know, I'm living up to all the ideals that I feel like I talk about. Like, it's not for a trophy or anything it's it's for food and all that stuff and so it's uh it's just been a very clarifying year so i'm not i'm not grumbling over a lot of open tags right right well especially yeah you when you have a young one like life shuts down at that point like nothing matters beyond that is this your first yeah. your first child uh second daughter yeah second daughter. Uh, so i have two daughters yep good deal and we found that the second with the toddler is an interesting one. And my <laughs> yeah. my buddy just had uh, his fourth. Oh. And what was really interesting, we were talking about it. We played phone, played phone tag forever. And then uh, his theory is the second, the evens are harder. Yeah. Is the, they always have the opportunity or the older in that scenario is watching you give so much attention. Yeah. By the time you got the fourth one, the first two are partnered up and, <laughs> third one sitting there jealous i was like oh all right so i'll stop it too then right yeah yeah that's kind of i got two boys i got a three-year-old he's gonna be about four and then like a one and a half year old and yeah it's definitely it's a lot i feel like a lot of people say oh two kids oh it's so hard it's so hard i don't think having two kids is really any more strenuous than one except the attitudes you definitely that, it's it's the attention thing so the attention thing yeah yeah and we're getting out of or we're we're getting our stride with diapers. So that's oh, always, yeah. <laughs> that's all, you know, that, no matter how much you can get mentally prepared for it, you're like, Oh, this is so much more than I remember. <laughs> right. Right. So what, uh, when does your season actually close up or has it already closed? I'm so much in the acceptance phase. I, I, I just don't even care. It's got about a, a week left. Yeah. I'm already, I've already got my mind towards uh spring planting. Yeah. Yeah. You turkey hunt at all? Uh, last year was my first turkey hunt. And it was two days of just sitting around calling. And then as we, my buddy and I looked at each other and we're like, you know, we gave it everything. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. We stand up and we take two steps and then we just see them run off. Oh no. (laughs) So it was, uh, I'm hoping to redeem myself from, from that this, this coming spring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, that's, I mean, depending on who you ask, if you ask me, Turkey season's the one I wouldn't want to miss. I can I could handle deer season and I have handled uh this year for me too. It's been a hectic year. Um I I have not been out nearly as much, which is kind of like, man, I was telling my wife, I was like, I feel like a fraud. Like I have a hunting page, I have a hunting podcast, I have this hunting apparel line that I just dropped. Uh when you guys hear this episode, it'll be about a week ago. Um and it's like I I can't really call myself a hunter right now. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm lying to everybody, but no, I I've been fortunate enough that the handful of times I did get out, I was able to shoot a couple does and which it's not cause I'm a good hunter. It's just, I got really lucky. So, <laughs> but Hey man, I'm going to pop, I'm going to say a prayer real quick and then we're just going to hop into these questions I got for you. Okay. Sounds good. All right. 
Lord Jesus, um, I thank you for just everything. I thank you for what you did for us on the cross. Um, you selflessly came down to this broken, terrible world, and you had one mission, and that was to save your people. And uh, there was no reason you had to do that. It was simply because you loved us and you wanted to save us. And you took the nails that we deserve. You hung on the cross that we should have all hung on. Um, and because you did that, we are free to, to worship you, to glorify you, to to preach your word, um, to spread the gospel. And I want you to, first and foremost, use this podcast to glorify yourself. Um, I want this to be a tool for you to reach as many people as you can, Lord. And um, everything that comes behind that um, is just, is just extra. So use this Jesus. And, uh, I, I thank you for Chris. I thank you for his time. I thank you that, that he would be willing to come on here and talk to me about season report and everything and hunting. Um, I'm just so thankful for him. I would ask that you please be over this conversation, help it be educational, fruitful, fun, entertaining. And, uh, yeah, I just ask all of this in your name. Amen. All right. Give a little background of yourself. In the intro, I kind of I kind of tell everybody what you told me you do, which for someone like me sitting in Iowa, I was like, man, this guy's way smarter than I am. But <laughs> kind of give a give us an give us an idea of what you do for a career cuz I think it's pretty cool. <clears throat> uh so I am a trained genetic scientist, so I I did a lot of uh DNA study. And went pretty far in in terms of not like a, a decorated career, but went far in the trenches to understand what that life was going to be. And after several years, it just wasn't for me. I uh, felt like I was I was pretty isolated from a lot of things happening outside of the lab. And um, I always foresaw teaching after a career at the at the bench. And then it just moved up a little bit farther and it was the best decision I ever made. Uh, so I get to explore all of my passions for how the world works and how everything works uh, through different, uh, different ways. But I find it's a really fun way for me to keep, to stay stimulated intellectually, because if I want to learn about something, I just kind of put it on the docket that, Hey, we're going to learn about this. Mm -hmm. And it forces me into a corner to, to kind of fill in the gaps that I don't know. Yeah. And then we go really deep and, and have a lot of fun uh, learning about chemistry and physics and biology. And then a few years ago, as the world was really coming to a halt with what COVID, happened? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There was a power outage. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was a kind of a right place, right time. I'd always kind of messed around with coding and uh, I had a few applications in the lab for it and kept my skills up over the years. And then I noticed that I was doing the same thing. You were talking about adult onset hunting. I, mm -hmm. I picked this up largely as an adult. I went a few times as a kid. Uh, but after a few short years, I was realizing like, man, I am doing a lot of tedious work looking up these regulations all within state, let alone going to uh, a friend's state to hunt with them and, and just the coordinating all these calendars and stuff. Everybody's been there. And it dawned on me that some of the coding that I had learned in the past would probably apply well. And as everything was slowing down, there wasn't much to do. I, I coded up a prototype, asked everybody around to, uh, to take a look. And like literally every single person I showed it to would start off with some kind of an expletive, followed by, well, how, 
how have I never seen anything like this? You can search <laughs> the whole country at, at once. And I was like, yeah, I, I think it's, a, it, I'm onto something here, right? And so every single person uh, to a T was, was given that response. And I just kept pushing it forward and it's, it's developed to what it is today. And thankfully uh, I've had some, uh, some good experiences early as I was still trying to figure out what this thing was. And it's, it's made me realize like there is no other single location where you can see all these different food sources based on your location. Like what, what you can grow, what seeds can you grow? When, when can you expect harvest? Uh, what mushrooms and berries are growing in the in the local wilderness areas? When can you hunt turkey, deer, waterfowl, all these things? And so in these past five years of becoming a hunter and, and really getting my hands dirty, it's made me garden more. It's made me mm-hmm. grab mushrooms more. And it just it, made, it dawned on me that we need this one kind of information hub so where you can really maximize everything you get from from the, your local wilderness. Yeah, that's, it's such a great idea. And and like it's described, like just a modern almanac of, you know, everything, if you are living an outdoor lifestyle, or you want to be more self-sustaining and, and eating off the land and things like that. Um, me also being a newer hunter, um, this is my third year. Um, you're absolutely right. You You spend so much time scouring the internet for regulations, what's in season, what, what, I mean, it's just there's a lot of information that uh, you need to know, and I think Season Report does a really good job of just bringing it all together in one place. So I'm sure it's it's extremely valuable for somebody who, you know, has been hunting forever, but especially for a newer guy to have that information all in one spot, that that's a huge, huge advantage. So from newer hunters, thank you for creating that. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> I speak glad to for hear everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad to hear that feedback. Uh, you know, I, I hear versions of that a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I told you this is kind of an evolving situation. And, and my wife and I, as we've uh, grown our family, and I, we were chatting about how busy we both are. Mm-hmm. I, I found that, uh, you know, she's, if I'm like the tinkerer, she's kind of the, the ethos person and gets mm-hmm. the, the perspective right. And she was telling me, you know, forget all this, like what you've really created is, is a tool that just helps you stay in the moment more. And, uh, I asked her to explain a little bit and, and she, I think hit it on the head, hit the nail on the head that you want to spend more time with your friends and family. You want to be in that moment, you know, on the trail, all laughing and grabbing, you know, some berries to, to make a nice dessert. When you get home, you want to spend that time with your buddies at the camp mm-hmm. talking, but not look, I mean, how many times have you seen people like, all gathered around from out of state and staring at their phone right. for for minutes and hours, like looking up regulations and all that stuff, and which are essential. Don't get me wrong, but it's just there's so much tedium involved with it that removes you from being present. Right. She's, she said, uh, you know, this is really just a tool to uh, to minimize all that tedium and allow you to get get into enjoying friends and family more. And I think I'm coming to uh, to think about it in that way, and it's really helping us develop the next phase. Awesome. Yeah, it's it it's a great idea and that's a great way to look at it. Um so you said you've been hunting for around 5 years now. Where uh where did the itch to get into hunting start? I mean, I know a lot of people, most people grow up hunting. Um and that just kind of becomes a part of their life early on. That's just who they are. And then there's guys like us who I mean, I don't know about you, I didn't grow up around hunting at all. And mm. I don't know 
aside from just some internal primal instinct, I don't know why I wanted to start hunting. Um, so what was it about it that kind of got you into it? And now, you know, I'm sure it's something that you think about all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, day does not go by without me thinking about the woods in one way or another. Um, I think it was, if, if I answered this question at different times, it'd probably, the answer would be slightly different. Um, number, first and foremost, I have a good friend that has some, uh, some land that he offered me to go hunt on. And it's been a fantastic learning ground for me to just really get in without a lot of pressure and mm -hmm. understand what they're doing and really analyze myself without any extra variables of, uh, of people or, or people moving in and around at different times. I was, I was extremely fortunate to have this nice snapshot over the years of learning not only what they do with the weather, but you know what the deer do from year to year. Do they do the winter as the early fall? Uh, do they pattern match year to year, stuff like right. that? Um, it, it also kind of came around the same time where I was moving. You know, I'd, I'd already switched careers at that point from the lab into the classroom, but there's also, there's a, a fair amount of uh, psychological shift there mm -hmm. where I was going from a very technical scientific way of thinking all the time and it felt suffocating at times. And then mm -hmm. as I loosened from those long, long hours of in the lab doing the, the same uh, measurements for a slightly different time point and stuff like that, um, I realized that there was so much of the, as corny as it sounds like the beauty of life that is yeah. food and family and friends that I felt like that was kind of, I, I was missing out on a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And um, it just was a perfect storm where I discovered hunting again, as I was uh, feeling, you know, shifting my thinking from the lab to, to other modes. And um, I think it just caught the train at the right time. Yeah. As, as simple as that is. It's uh, I don't know if, I tried hunting plus or minus three years. It would have caught just the same way yeah. it did, but it was the right time for me. So do you find, uh, coming from your background, I'm assuming you, you know, when you're, when you're looking at science, you've got to be ex like just absolutely critically analytical of everything. Um, do you find yourself doing that with deer and just everything about them, the, you know, food sources, patterns, seasons, or have you been able to kind of just like, cause like for me, I mean, I try to get as like, you know, I guess analytical of it, of learning what they should be doing right now, what they should be doing during the winter. Um, but do you find yourself ever like driving yourself nuts going too deep into it? Or have you been able to kind of stand back and look at it from a little further back and not be so analytical of every little part of it? You know, I think that was, it was a uh, kind of a personal allergic reaction to that, uh, that hyper analytical of everything that mm -hmm. kind of pushed me in a different direction. And so I, as I started taking it up, that, that reflex was still there to do that. And I did for a little while, I kind of got too into it and, and luckily it was so early that it kind of turned me off and I was able to correct course. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's a big reason why I don't do, uh, I don't do trail cams. I have nothing against them. Yeah. It's just personally for me, it absolutely robs the experience that I'm going out there for reading sign on the tree in the ground, 
you know, paying attention to the other animals, how the turkey are interacting with the deer nearby, food mm-hmm. sources. That's the data I want to bring in. And, um, you know, going tech heavy with, with all the, with all the constant emails, every time an animal is moving in front of your yeah. trail cam, I, it just <laughs> tried it for a very short time. And I just, I can't, I'll ruin this. I'll ruin, <laughs> ruin the love for this. Yeah. That's kind of what I was wondering. I got a buddy who, uh, I think he does CAD design or he does something like that. And, um, he has gone, I had him on the podcast a while back. He has gone so far into it. He created his own 3d map, topographical map in CAD of his property. He's got spreadsheets after spreadsheet after spreadsheet of just cell cam data, weather data for the day. What this, what that, I mean, he is like, like rain man of deer. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know if you were kind of similar to that or not, because um, I can definitely see it going both ways. We'll put it like this. Uh, personally, collecting all that data. No, I don't want to do that. But the things that companies like HuntWise and uh, Spartan Forge are, are doing with the, that predictive modeling that yeah. operates on all that data, I couldn't be more interested in that. Uh, but it's, I think it's just that that tedium of such a a constant pursuit, like getting right. emails when you're trying to go to sleep. Right. Yeah. And that for, for me, like, I think it's cool what, what my buddy did and what some people do with, like you said, trail cams and everything. But I, yeah, I don't want to know that information. I like, yeah. like you said, I think it would, it would drive me nuts. I, I would rather just go out and look and kind of figure it all out, you know, at that time. And yeah, like you said, I, I just kind of want to keep it in a weird way, I don't, not that this makes a ton of sense, but kind of keep it pure in a way without bringing a yeah. bunch of extra stuff in to kind of clutter it and get frustrated over and everything else. Right. Um, well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I feel like I've reached this age, mid thirties where I can say, you know, thinking back and all these, all these dumb <laughs> isn't that, statements that, that make me sound like, <laughs> yeah, both make me feel old and, uh, pseudo intellectual. Uh, <laughs> I, I do feel that, um, I enjoy hunting because I keep it compartmentalized. Yeah. Even though I think about it every day, it's just when I am thinking about it, actually when I'm in the woods, it's completely the only thing I'm thinking about. And, you know, that was one of those things, put your phone away, like literally turn it off. Yeah. Don't even have it on for, if it's a new place, obviously have it for GPS and stuff like right. that. But uh, places that I go to over and over again, the second I step out of the truck, all electronics are off. I just want to be, in it as much as yeah. possible, yeah. which has made this season with a, a new baby at home kind of interesting where I've not been able to do what I have developed as my way of enjoying hunting. Right. Uh, so I've been having to be on a little bit and it's, uh, it's not worse. It's just different, but yeah. it's a, a step toward that kind of knowing everything at all times. I, I like the mystery. Right. Right. I feel you on that. So a little bit later, we're going to get into season report and everything that that revolves around. Um, to kind of set that up, obviously, season report's going to help you figure out all of the hunting stuff, but it also is going to help you learn when to garden, when to plant things, um, uh, foraging, fishing, things like that. Did you did you have interest in all of those things? Like, has that been a lifelong um, enjo- something you find enjoyment in or is the whole foraging gardening all that is that also newer as you've picked up hunting you've also picked those things up when i was a kid yes um i was i was constantly in when i lived in louisiana musk grow everywhere mm-hmm. uh so you just 
depend on them. They like that. You could depend <laughs> on that as a meal. If you were uh, walking in the woods or on the golf course, there's just so many of them at times of the year. Um, and then you always, I don't know about you, but I always seem to have an uncle or an aunt making wine or mm-hmm. making some jam from something they either grew or, or found. And then we had a big garden when I lived in Texas, which was really, really cool. Cause it was, such a perfect plot it was already made it was already raised but it was huge and so we did everything purple whole peas like you you name it that those years uh were uh, really abundant garden so i did all that and then you know did the high school college thing went in the uh in that direction and then again it kind of all comes back to when i got into a very scientific analytical mindset i was i used to view food as just calories in period I didn't really like what is the most appropriate percentage of fat, protein, and carbs. I don't care what it is. Just I'll eat that. Right. And I I didn't really in, enjoy food that much. And um, once I started, I think once I had that backstrap from my first year, it really overwhelmed me. And then I started thinking about all the mushrooms and berries around there. And then we'd go on hikes just to get some berries and make a cheesecake and make a glaze and all that stuff. And so it's kind of uh, been a reawakening of all all this local food and enjoying how you know what a local ecosystem makes, but then it just kind of uh, going on my own personal food journey, as corny as that sounds. No, not at all. I think that it's a it's kind of funny because you know a lot of times with hunters, <clears throat> I don't want to generalize and I don't want to piss people off. I've been doing that a lot lately. Um, hunters generally you've got a a sect of hunters that are in shape. They work out, they watch their food, they eat clean. Then you seem to have people who, you know, I hunt because I want clean meat, but it's like, but what else? Like what's the rest of your diet look like, you know? And it's so the the other cool part that I think comes with season report is it, it gives you kind of the framework to not only, okay, if you like to hunt, you like to be out in the woods, but now once hunting season's over, like for me, it's about over now I can have another excuse to be out in nature all year round. Um, exactly. it, it gives you, it's almost like, you know, <laughs> gives you another pass with the wife. Hey, I got to go out, you know, and you get to, yeah, you know, you, like you said, you've got your, you've always got that one aunt or grandma that makes this stuff. And, uh, last year I got into forging a little, my buddy Jason is big on that. Um, he's from Louisiana and uh, not that I got crazy into it, but like went out and picked like wild apples that, you know, I found an apple tree oh, yeah. in the woods. And then nice. up here, it's a lot of like uh, blackberries and things like that. And just, yeah, there's something satisfying about going out and actually picking that stuff off the vine and oh, and eating it. And then when you look at what you buy in the store, you know, a wild blackberry is like dinky. They're real small, but you get these ones at the store that they're they're the size of like an egg. Yeah, like makes you wonder what is in that that made it grow that big and it you know it can't be healthy whatever it is i think i mean at the end of it it's probably just a lot of water i mean a lot of these things as they grow larger they are less nutritious because they're measuring by you know how much is packed in so if you pop each of those in your mouth it might be dinky but it tastes like 10 of the store-bought yeah it's um I'm glad to hear that you're getting out uh, berry picking. I, I, I kind of, uh, like you were saying, as it, hunting season gets done, you can go out and, and do more. And I find that, I don't know how you are about this, but 
by living this way, kind of more seasonal with your foods, you really get a variety in what you can make at yeah. different times of the year. And you like dive into that ingredient. And then if you really like that ingredient and you have it in abundance, you save it and then you can have it for later in the year. It's uh, it really puts into perspective, as you were saying, the supermarket, it's just, yeah, it's subpar at best. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to like doing more of it. Jason was always talking about, he does, he's big on mushrooms too. And like up where we're at, we have morels. Um, mm. and I've had it a handful of times. It is really good. I've never actually went morel hunting, but I was telling him, I was snapping pictures of all these different funguses in the woods. I was like, is this edible? Is this edible? And he was probably like, just eat. I can't remember the name of the app now, but he's like, get this app. <laughs> like, I was driving yeah. him nuts. Yeah. Cause it was like, don't eat that. That's poisonous. I'm like, what about this one? He's like, don't eat that. That one's poisonous too. And he's like, that I think is a picture of raccoon shit. I don't even know what that is, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. I really, for me, that's something that, you know, I, I want to strive to eat as out of the, of the supermarket as I can. Um, I don't do a great job of it. And I go through waves of like really clean, healthy eating, um, you know, and then I go through waves of just kind of the standard American diet too. I mean, you, you've got kids, you know how that can go. Um, but yeah, ideally I would like to get to a point where most of our meals at home, I know exactly where it came from. Cause I went and got it. Um, yeah. I think that's just so it's cool. And it's like I've said before about hunting, you're, you give your meals a story. It's not just, you went and grabbed it off the shelf at the, at the supermarket, you came home, threw it in the microwave. Like you've actually got a real connection. Like you went out, you found that stuff. And I think it just makes it just makes it better I'm all, yeah. and all around. And the more aware you are of the different food sources in your area, the uh, truly the better your meals are going to be, but like the more you're going to learn about how to cook. And so I was, yeah. I told this story uh, on another podcast, but buddy came up from Louisiana. We got a deer and some chicken in the woods mushrooms in the same holler and had back straps and, and, uh, perfectly cooked mushrooms yeah and it was one of the best meals i've ever had because i'm sure it would taste the same any other day but knowing for a fact watching the harvest of both of those foods hours earlier it was it was incredible and then another uh one i was actually walking back uh this past summer and thinking about what we were going to cook and so we needed onions i didn't feel like going to the store <laughs> and it pulled it up ramps were in season oh okay there, of course, there are little local onions growing everywhere here in Virginia and grab some ramps, brought them back and cooked them up. And it's just, uh, it, it's just all about getting into that present moment and seeing like what you can put together. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't hurt with where our world's going. I mean, not to be like, it's real easy to kind of make fun of the state of America right now. Um, especially if you're tend to be more on the conservative side, things have gone absolutely bonkers. Um, but it is, it is a real good skill to have, um, look at, you know, look at Ukraine, look at stuff going on overseas. That's not, we're not immune to that just cause it hasn't no. happened. We're not immune to that. And not at all. you know, it, it's, I hope it never happens, but if it did get to a position where we had to start fending for ourselves in terms of actually you've got to go provide food for your family. You've got to go. There'd be a lot of people starving. 
There'd be a lot of people that would not know what to do. Um, and, and even to the extent of hunters. And like yep. I said, I'm not, I'm not looking down at anybody. I'm guilty of it too. Um, yeah, I know how to go kill a deer, but you can't, you're, you're not going to survive just eating meat every nope. day. I mean, eventually yeah. that's going to run you down and you're going to die. You've got to be able to supplement carbs and, you know, fats, carbs, some sugars, not sugar, sugar, but you know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. you've got to have some balance. Your body's, you're going to need it. And there's a lot of people that they don't know how to do that. And it is pretty wild that we, I mean, for millennia, we did just fine without electricity. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's been such an effective tool for what? A hundred years, maybe. Yeah. That we can't fathom life without it. And right. uh, honestly, at this point, I mean, I don't know if uh, if a lot of services would remain functioning without any electricity. I mean, that we've right. we've constructed things that depend on constant electricity, and if it fails, disaster happens. Yeah, it, it is a, a pretty uh, ironic time that we find ourselves in. We've we've yeah we've arrived on the shoulders of everybody who knew how to get all their food locally, <laughs> and then completely forgot it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you're going to have to print off a season report for me just in case the phone, the internet, and the electricity goes down. <laughs> i got to well, have a backup funny. copy. <laughs> it's funny. That's where the name comes from. I originally started this as just the all the hunting, basically translating the, the hunting booklet for Virginia into something similar to what you can see today. And I thought originally, well, I'll make reports for the location that you care about and just uh, sell them like that. Yeah. And it quickly evolved the other direction, but. So yeah. we've talked a lot about it. We've, we've tiptoed around season report a lot. So let's get to that. Tell us about it. Um, you've kind of explained how the idea came about, but what, where, I don't even know, like I said, in looking at the website and in looking at it, there is a ton of information and you don't have to give your special secret sauce, but how in the world, how much work was it? Because, like you said, it's it's for the the whole country. It started slow, and then uh, nothing but encouragement every step of the way. And so, it really—if I look back, yeah, it, it's a tremendous amount of work was put into structuring everything to grow quickly. Think about mm -hmm. it like that. So, like the hardest part wasn't the building; the hardest part was getting so far down away and then realizing I would run into a dead end at a certain point yeah. or a choke point. I need to shift that. Um, let me try this. So that was the tremendous amount of work, the, the iteration, but I don't view it as work because it was really, and it continues to be just fun. Um, January is the new year. There are some massive updates coming up uh, mm -hmm. this month. And then a, truly revolutionary feature that is coming out in the spring. And I just am continuing to, to use this database I've built in, in increasingly more useful ways and more intuitive ways. And so, you know, see, I guess to answer your question, seasonreport.com uh, is an almanac to, that brings all of your food sources across the country into one savable uh, dashboard. So you can personalize your dashboard the first time you do it and then everything on just continues to update. So you can pull up your dashboard and it'll tell you what's currently in season and let's let you look forward throughout the rest of the year, what's coming in the fall. But one of the more powerful features that uh, I don't think I've talked about that much is 
there's a discover function where you can literally search the entire country for hunting opportunities, just like you were buying uh, a plane ticket. You can say, I have two weeks off in September and I want to go elk hunting uh, with a muzzleloader. And it'll tell you where across the country you can do that down to the specific game management zone, county, however it's broken down for that state. And so um, I think I answered part of your question there. Did I I capture most of it? I didn't realize, um, like I said, going through it, I I didn't realize you could look up hunting opportunities and everything like that. I mean, how has this process been? Like, did you have, I guess, what did the original season report look like in your mind compared to what it is now? Uh, I still, so I coded the database itself. I coded, you know, I've, I've coded all of it, uh, including the prototype that I was having friends try out. So I still have the prototype. It's uh, one of these days I'll, I'll put it up as a click here for what this started as. <laughs> uh, it's pretty rough. Uh, once it, once I got to a certain point, I realized I needed some professional help for a few things, especially once it came to, you know, protecting privacy and everything like that. Yeah. So, um, uh, it just, it was learning. Uh, I enjoyed making tools, honestly. Uh, you know, in the lab, I used to make genetic tools where we would take genes from one animal and put them into a gene of an, uh, into the genes of another animal. And, you know, it makes them glow under the microscope. It makes them super muscular like the Hulk. Uh, so in one respect, those are genetic tools. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy building electric guitars, and this is just another tool where I, I I enjoy seeing systems at work and just kind of realizing there needs to be a uh, a more elegant solution. So from just from a guy like me, from a hunter, from from really anybody, it doesn't have to be a hunter. Um, why is why would you say that this is a valuable tool? What what about this? caught, you know, what drives you to keep going with this? Because obviously it's, it's gotta be fulfilling on your end. You can still use it around you. What about this makes it so valuable to just anyone out there who hasn't checked it out yet? You know, uh, I've heard from hunters who have thought about having a garden and thought about looking for these, these other things in the woods that their buddies always seem to know are out there, but they never hear about it until they're already telling the story. Uh, I think it just, it, it reveals a completely new side of the woods that, and, and the outdoors that a lot of people just have kind of neglected. And I think it, you know, you can blame it a million different things, but the state of our country seems to do a really good job of, of siloing you into only a particular narrow band of information. And, I mean, there's people not getting political, but there's people on both sides of the aisle that go to the same woods and have a deep, profound appreciation for them for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And they really want to work together to protect those areas. And so uh, I do get a personal uh, reward out of this, but as as we've kind of uh, danced around a few times, I think it's coming into view the power and scope of, of this tool as I have it planned to be built where it it can really from a conservation perspective become a a very powerful tool to bring people together in an yeah. otherwise pretty divisive world because you if you look at places like uh, uh pebble mine it wasn't because just a bunch of fishermen made a lot of noise 
it was because fishermen were talking to different environmental protection groups mm -hmm. and different NGOs and making a lot of noise pointing in the right direction. And I think later iterations of this, uh, later iterations of, of season report will, will help notify you of threats to uh, your, your food system, the yeah. place that you've come to source your food, whether it be a, a brownfield site up the road that's looking for funding for a cleanup or this proposed new build. Not to say one thing is better or another, it's just to provide information. And if, if I've done a good job making it easier for people to get out in the woods and develop a love and appreciation of it, you know, chances are maybe that'll help them take the steps to protect it uh, from getting ruined with development. Yeah. Well, and, and if you look at it, like, obviously I'm looking at it from a, <clears throat> a hunter's perspective, but this is an extremely valuable tool, even if you're not a hunter and you kind of alluded to it. I think it's funny. Sometimes you get the political side of things. You've got hunters who tend to be conservative um, for the most part, but then on the flip side of it, you've got people who are extremely liberal and you would fight with each other back and forth. But then ultimately like a hunter wants to conserve land for his own reason. And you've got the other side wanting to conserve the same land. And like you said, do you see this coming? You kind of mentioned it. Do you see, um, or do you want to take it into a route where, um, you're following maybe it's bills or proposed bills or, different legal things. Like you were saying, you can get a notification that, Hey, something's, something's coming down the pipe where they want to level this public land and turn it into a shopping mall, or they want to drill here and it's going to take away your hunting opportunities or your foraging opportunities. Is that something you'd like to do further in the future? Certainly. And that's why I've partnered with Howl for Wildlife. Uh, Charles has set up a fantastic tool for that. And, uh, the, he has brought a lot of attention to just the very thing you're describing with the winter range for uh, for rams in Colorado, where Vale is trying to expand their condos into the winter range. That's mm -hmm. been the winter range as long as biologists have been following, right? And um, so, so certainly, I think uh, it cuts across both the the whole political spectrum. And I think that's what makes Virginia a fun place to live. It, it's it's a purple state, so you see yeah. both sides. And in the last you know, 10 years, both sides have become uh, more grandiose versions of themselves. Yeah. And so we just being here and being in the woods and at trailheads, you see, you see both sides parked right next to each other. And I can't tell you how many times you hear about all this hate and divisiveness on the news. And then you put your phone away at a trailhead uh, and, and you, see the people that are supposed to be hating each other talking about what they found a half mile in pay attention to the left side right it's just i think all that stuff is people want to connect with one another i don't, I don't think all yeah. that hate and division is real yeah and so what i want to build is something that brings people together yeah and that's a that's a great point and i heard someone talk about that the other day on a podcast of just like the news is going to tell you one version of life. I think it was actually Steve Ranella on Rogan's podcast. Basically the news is telling you how your life is, how it's going. Black people hate white people. White people hate black people. Cops are bad. Um, you know, COVID is the worst thing in the history of the world. But then when you just look at your normal life, if you disconnect from the phone, unplug from the news, 
your normal life's not what they're telling you it's supposed to be. They're not, it's not what they're, you know, what's going on. And I think with that idea, it's interesting that, yeah, you go, like you said, you go to a trailhead people, when you're face to face with people and off of your phone, off of the internet, we, we do want to connect with each other. And we, we have a higher purpose that we don't even like when you're face to face with somebody in the woods, the last question on your mind is which way did you vote? Like, I think that's a great thing that season report, um, in a grant in the grand scheme, getting people out into the woods away from, like I said, unplugging from the internet, um, and being out in nature with each other. That's the best way that I've considered that this country ever comes back together is that type of going that type of a uh, avenue, either that or we get nuked and we're going to have to forget about everything and come together for that. But yeah, that's another really valuable, valuable part of season report is yeah, it's allowing people who otherwise wouldn't have known what to do, what to look for. It gives them a game plan to get out in the woods and experience that stuff. And then, yeah, hopefully, you know, you meet some new people and maybe your views are different and you guys can like, actually face-to-face communicate and realize that, you know, the person on the other side of the aisle is an actual human being. They're right. not just, they're not just some, I'm going to make this up, purple-haired freak. Like, this is a real person over there. And you're not just some murder hunter. Like, you're real people. And I think that that's a cool idea with Season Report. And yeah, just how it can get, like I said, it doesn't just have to be hunters. It can be, it can be everybody. So no, I, I think the you know, to get a little bit more philosophical, uh the dinner table is is like one of the oldest pieces of technology created by humanity. Right. I mean, what do you what do you do regardless of your religion? Like break you break bread with people and you get to know them. I mean, right. I, this is deeply inherent in us as humans. And so I think by putting all these things into that perspective, uh that's where I, I feel hopeful after I get all these different messages from people saying, Hey, I never thought about this at all, but now I'm doing it. And another one uh, is I've, I've received messages from non hunters and they say, I appreciate knowing when to wear bright colors. Yeah. I don't want to have to Google hunting and see images that I don't want to see, but they like knowing that information. They're like, I'm, I don't, you know, I understand. I appreciate what it's for and all that. I just don't want to see it. And thank you for just giving me some, some numbers. Uh, oh, wow. That's yeah, exactly. That's, that's all I'm trying to do for everybody. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, Hey man, I appreciate you getting on here and hanging out with me for, for a while and learning more about season report guys. It really is just anything you could want to know. I mean, I, I really urge you to check it out, let them know where they can find you online and where they can find you on Instagram. So we can follow along with you. Yeah. Uh, seasonreport.com. And the Facebook and Instagram handles are at my season report. And we have a massive uh, database update coming in January and some, some truly large updates coming in the spring. Uh, I think if you're at all intrigued by this idea, you should check it out and follow along because uh, I, I think you're going to be seeing a little bit everywhere pretty soon. Awesome, man. Well, that's, that's really exciting. I cannot wait to check that out. And hey, guys, make sure you are following us over on Instagram. We're at Antler Feather Co. YouTube is also at Antler Feather Co. And we're on Facebook somewhere. 
Pretty sure that's at, at Antler Feather Co. as well. That gets all the stuff that I put on Instagram kind of shuffles over there. So if you're a Facebook person, check us out over there. Um, recently, we opened antlerfeatherco.com where you can go get Antler Feather Co. gear. We got stuff for hunting. We got stuff that's a little more fitness related. Um, as I always preach, I think if you're going to be in the woods, you need to be in shape to do it as well. Um, which again, ties in season report. It's going to help you live a healthier lifestyle with your diet, um, and allow you to be in the woods more often. So if you guys found value in the show, if you feel like you learned something new and you threw something new into your, your hunting arsenal and now foraging, gardening, everything else, please subscribe, follow, like, share, rate, and review. When you guys do all that stuff, that just helps get this show in front of more people. And that allows me to keep bringing great guests on the show, which ultimately makes you more deadly in the woods. So I appreciate every single one of you guys for listening. I tell you that every week and I don't want, I don't want it to seem like I just repeat myself. I really do appreciate you guys spending your time with me. Um, we are going to catch up with you guys next week. This is the Antler and Featherco podcast. You are listening to the Antler and Feather Co. Podcast. 